Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Badley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. Jones gets his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leash been to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott, a life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. Hello and welcome to Inside the Ropes, another very special ISPS Hander Vic Open edition of said podcast. I'm Mark Hayes, joined at 13th Beach by the dulcet tones. I don't know how else tones are ever described, but <laughs> Rod Murray has dulcet tones. We'll find some other sort of tones. Thank you, Hazy. Great to be here on a day that, as Huggy might say, is Drick. Gee, I butchered that with him today. You butchered that horrendously with him today, and he will never forgive you for it. I'm some crazy mix of Irish and Gaelic and something I came up with. You've now upset two nations that didn't deserve it. It wasn't Irish, it wasn't Gaelic, it was some kind of weird hybrid that you'd come up with. It was terrible. Stay tuned, I've got the capacity to to upset a lot more countries over the weekend. Joining, Joining us here is the inimitable Mike Clayton. Welcome back, Clayton. Thank you, Hazy. Nice to be here. Fresh from carrying the bag of Blake Collier through round two. How did he go? He was um, 67. Not bad. He went really well. Bogey the second, par five. Did he? And he played well after that. Yeah, he did. How many did steps did you do, Clay? I don't know, 13. Well, I walked, followed Sue over most of the morning where she was pretty good too, so. Can Blake win it? Wasn't a bad. Where is he? Uh, how far behind is he? It's five. Well, he, he's yeah. A, well, it's going to be bad weather, isn't it, on the weekend? They're saying they're saying very windy tomorrow. Good. That's chatter. good. Yeah, he needs so. that. That'll be good. So, yeah, he can win from there. He can win? Nice. Yeah, sure he can win. Well, so we're joining you from 13th Beach, uh, the beautiful 13th Beach Golf Links. And finally, we can make a comparison of how things stand because it takes two days on a you know, wildly far-flung corners of this yep. huge property here. And we don't really know what's going on until all players have played 36 uh, morning and afternoon. And we've come to that. Beautiful point in the tournament. We're going to start on the women's side today. We went the men's yesterday. Today, Rod, um, I'm going to get you to run through a women's leaderboard that is of the highest possible quality. Indeed. We know that historically the women's field here has been stronger for all sorts of reasons. a much bigger purse for them than it is for the men. So it tends to attract a stronger field. We'll start with the cut came at three under par, uh, which is an indication of the school. As you said, it's... uh, we're through the speculative plays now. We know who's going to be here at the weekend, so here's a chance to win. At the top of the leaderboard, I don't think it surprises anybody. She was sharing the lead overnight, Madeline Sagstrom. Uh, she's a player that we've said for a long time is right on the verge. One win might open the floodgates. She had that win two weeks ago. She was impressive today. Uh, 67, 65 yesterday, 67 today. Uh, that's not as easy to do as it sounds, is it, Clates? I suppose, as a player, you have one good round. The next one, I always say, is sort of sort of hard. That's the mark of a good player, back-to-back good scores yeah. like yeah. that. So. Well, it's hard to back up a crazy low score, but yeah. 67 is not crazy low around here. In fact, it's... About even par, as it turns out, almost. I was going to say, it's not that many under par no. in reality. How, how, how Before we go on with yeah. the scoreboard, Rod, Clates, 
When did you ever have the feeling in your career when you were playing, um, especially on the European tour, that you'd solved the game for a little while and, and that you know you knew a good score was coming? Because that's where Madeline Sagstrom looks to me. Yeah, me too. Oh yeah, there are times when you know you're playing well, but that's when you're in trouble. Because you know? <laughs> that's when you think you've solved it. Is which is why the game is so perplexing. When you're playing badly, you never can see how you're going to play well yeah. again. When you're playing well, you can never see how you're going to play badly again. But you know that both of them turn. So. Yeah, golf's like a stock market, isn't it? There's never a flat line. It's either yeah. up or it's down. There's only yeah. two ways that yeah. it can be. Yeah. Uh, second place, Ally McDonald outright. Eight under today. That's a good score from her. The American tied for third at 10 under the card. Ayane Cho, Robin Choi, young Australian player. I wasn't there for her press conference. I don't know all about it, so I might get you to fill us in. The Swede, Linnea Strom, tied sixth. The joint overnight leader, Hei Kang. This was the round I think most Australians were interested in. Minji Lee also at nine under after a six under round today and sharing six place along with Heon Park, Jasmine Suanapura and P. Ying Say. Then we've got title 11th. We might talk about some of those further down the track. Minji Lee we're familiar with, but Robin Choi, that's an impressive round of golf for her. She's Robin, been lurking around the place we know. Let's just click on her score there if you don't mind, Rod. Uh, Robin Choi is a, um, a little-known Queenslander who's gone across this year um, well, last year now, and tried her hand. Um, she played quite a bit on the Symmetra Tour, and she tried her hand. Um, and when she turned professional after a collegiate career on the PGA, LPGA Tour, she's played a handful of tournaments, has battled to make cuts. You know, it, it's this is new ground to her to be prominent on an LPGA Tour event. And today, she's, she's very softly spoken. She's a delightful young lady from Queensland. She played in a winning Interstate Series team. She and then went across and sort of left our radar, so to speak, yeah. for a couple of years in it the happens, collegiate doesn't system. They go to the college system, we, we miss them badly. And so she started today at two under par and immediately out on the creek course made a bogey and you sort of, she dropped off the, the, the radar again. Birdie the second and third and there was no sign of what was about to come. But she tapped in a four, or tapped it in, she rammed in a 40-foot eagle putt on the seventh, chipped in from 124 metres on the eighth, back-to-back eagles, then she birdied the ninth, the tenth, the eleventh, and aside from a bogey on 12, she birdied the 13th. I mean, that is an unbelievable run of golf. Um, four, what's that, four, seven? Seven under in the space of, uh, what, four, five holes? Better seven right. holes. Well, she went bogey birdie, but she had them in five as well. Yeah. So um, just incredible golf. And it does show you the depth of talent here when we haven't really factored her into calculations earlier in the week. Was it Peter O'Malley did the seven under in five holes at the Scottish Open? He did, Seven yeah. under through five to beat Montgomery. Eagle, birdie, 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 eagle. Yeah. Eagle, Famous Dave Mother, late Dave Ma said, here's Peter O'Malley. He has a history of poor finishes <laughs> as he stood over his 20-footer on the 14th. Did he really? <laughs> And it was true. It was actually true. The yeah, it was very... Pom had had a, lot of, a few bad finishes. The commentator's right? self-curse yeah, uh, that's in that case finally backfiring. The, uh, Minji Lee, I wanted to talk to you about Minji Lee's round. Uh, I think, did you follow Minji for a while? Yeah, for a little while. Course? Yeah. Um, we expect this sort of golf from her. Didn't... She, she was sort of... She batted yesterday, didn't she? It wasn't terrific. I mean, she, she got around in three and it wasn't bad golf when he stretched match, but today was the Minji Lee I think we've come to know. Yeah, out on the creek course, and we know that she had an albatross in the practice in the pro-am round on Wednesday on the second, the par five second, which is, and I might get Clates to talk about this in a second, it's, it's too short. Um, no, it's not. The second's actually pretty good. Yeah, but, yeah well, okay. <laughs> the second actually plays well. All right, well, okay, she's eagled it today. She had an albatross on Wednesday. I know that that's just is what it is. 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong there, but I'm just saying the course is generally set up short, which we, I know you believe. Yeah, the second one, I mean, I watched Super, that Super had a good drive and a beautiful three were to about five feet. Yep. So I think that's a, that's a reasonable par five. Okay. For, for the women. Perhaps I took it down the wrong line <laughs> no, no. then. But she, you know, she's gone five under on that hole in two days, in two days. On, on that course, which is incredible. But she's only made one, I think the sign of what's ahead here, Rod, for, for Minji Lee, is that she's only made one bogey yep. in 36 holes. Um, I'm certain that there's going to be people around her in the next two days, especially if it's windy, make a lot more than that. And yep. she's trending in the right direction. Yeah, and I, a dual winner here at 13th Beach. Um, you know, she's not elevated right to the top of the leaderboard just yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if she was there or thereabouts tomorrow and particularly on Sunday. Yeah, keen, keen for a win too after a lot of uh, close calls. What did she tell you about that, Albatross? It was about 220. She was very blase about it, I thought, in the text that she sent you. Was, uh... Yeah, two, yeah, it's about 222. I think it was a three-wood. I mean, everyone else in the world yeah. be... I think it was three what it was about. I can't really remember. Yeah. It was just a golf shot and a prime. You, you and I would be going out to order a plaque. I would have walked off. I wouldn't have even gone and got the ball out of the hole. I would have walked <laughs> off the course. Immediately, Clates mentioned Suo. She did what she needed to do today, a round of five under to get to four under, make the cut, and it's tied 38. Sarah Kemp, the other Australian who impressed today, we know what she did last year. Five under today to be seven under total. There's one name on this leaderboard that I did want to quickly mention before we move on to the men's. Heejin Choi. <laughs> You'd be familiar oh. with Heejin Choi. Australian amateur champion of, I think, three years ago. Almost won the US Open as an amateur yeah. at 17 or 18 years of age. Hit a ball in the water on the 71st hole uh, the year that Sung Hyun Park won. Flown completely under the radar. Five under today, eight under for the tournament. So she is five shots behind in a share of 11th place. I think she's a name to watch. And there's another, you already mentioned the name of another Australian amateur champion from Korea, Ayan Cho, who was the year before um, she won. And the two of them have nary rated a mention, as you say. Mm. Uh, both have huge games and both are desperate, as the other 45 yeah, candidates are, to get in the Olympic team for the Korean women. Toughest uh, team in the world. Tough. In any code, any sport, anywhere in the world, if you want the toughest team in the world, it's got to be the Korean women's Olympic golf team, doesn't it? Oh, what about the American 100 metres team? I'm assuming that's not too easy to make. No, it depends oh, what you put in your arm, Clay. <laughs> that's exactly well, sorry, sorry I shouldn't have probably said that out loud. That's yeah. right. Sorry. In fairness, they're being overlooked because there's bigger name players in the field or better known players. But as players, uh, those two, but Heejin Choi, I think she stands out to me as one that uh, will be worth watching. So to come back to this short course, because there's a couple of holes, particularly out on the creek side, that you know set up probably not to your liking at least. And, it, and it, uh, to me, it diminishes some of the challenge of the course. Well, we've always played the fifth hole and the 11th hole off the kind of not the not the as I call them the grandmother's tees which is very condescending and I shouldn't say it but <laughs> they're, they're literally the women's tees are literally built for the women who play golf here they're not built for the best players in the world and they've moved those two tees forward after six years playing further back and turned probably the fifth hole probably the best hole in the course into a drive and a pitch and same with the 11th it's ridiculous how short this course is mm. I mean they're good players I mean I think it's condescending to them to set the course up so short when they play so well. It's really cuts three under. The cut should be even par, probably. I, I just think it's a better golf course than having it set up the way it is. You, you've said that before. That you feel. Is there an issue in the women's game, Clates, which I feel with the course setup, is that the, the distance between the longest and the shortest hitters is a much greater gap than what you see in the men's game? Or have I just made that up because it well, seems handy? Well, perhaps, but 
you know, are we trying to protect the really short hitters? I mean, how much power do they have to say? We We're only, trying to roll them back to the short hitters. We, we only want to play 6,600-yard courses when, you know, I play with Sue a lot. I don't know how far she hits. I mean, yeah. we play Metro at 7,000 yards. She handles it no problem at all. Sure, the ball runs quite away there, but, mm. you know, I just think they're better players than playing courses that are set up far too short for them. And, and the winning scores, this is somewhat of an exaggeration probably, but the winning scores a lot of weeks is 20 under par. Yeah. Well, we're 13 under through two rounds yeah. here. You know, it's just... I, I think I think both these courses are better than if than that score indicates. That that's too low a score around courses that are this good, but they're set up too easy. Five players yeah. double digits under par in the women's field. Yeah, I mean you can't do anything. You know, I wrote the story about Blake yesterday, Collier, yeah. who I'm counting for. You can't do anything from the men's because they're as far back as they can go, and yeah. it's a you know it's a driver wedge course for him. Almost literally a driving a wedge course. Yeah. There, there, there were some longer shots today, but. And this is going to yeah. shine through here, Clayton. We've probably got to move on. We've got to um, keep this rolling tonight. Uh, on the men's side, you needed to shoot five under the card to make the cut today. So there's a whole heap of really good scores um, by historical standards that aren't even going to be around on the weekend. Mm. So um, we have, as opposed, well, not as opposed, just almost identically to the women's uh, field, we have, what have we got there? Seven, we've got 12 players uh, double digits, digits under. under the card after after day two. It's incredible. The leader is Robin C.O. Sigrist. I think Beautiful. I did it. I went home and had a good hard look at myself <laughs> last night, Rod, and did some pronunciation lessons on the Frenchman's name. A 64 following his 66 yesterday. Uh, incredibly 14 under par through two rounds, uh, one on each of the beach and creek courses. He's followed by Trav a whole swag of Australian players hot on his heels. Uh, Travis Smythe. Backed up his 65 with a 67 to be 12 under, two under, two behind the leader. Matt Griffin, Minwoo Lee lurk, lurks ominously, Jake, as does Jake McLeod. And Jed Morgan, who at, at times today held a share of the lead, uh, closed with a couple of bogeys towards the end of his round, but still had a 67 to be 11 under. That's the top six. Uh, there are a whole heap more players in contention. Uh, I, I guess Huggy's man that he's going to write a story about is jo Jonathan Caldwell, who grew up... Um, basically in the pocket of Rory McIlroy. Um, and I think it's probably safe to say, Clayton, mm. that he's overshadowed uh, <laughs> yeah, just Jonathan. A, just a little, yeah. <laughs> I think that's was safe he to say. Foursome's partner in the Walker Cup or something? That's that right. What it was? Okay. Yeah. Um, but there's a bunch of Australian kids, Smythe, Griffin, Minwoo, not so much Matt, he plays in Japan, but he would love a European Tour Cup. Minwoo Lee needs to, he missed mm -hmm. his car by two spots, so it would help him. Jed Morgan, who's a, he won the Australian Amateur. I watched him win the A. He played really well up there. If you're a fan takes a good, of the, takes a good player to win the Australian Amateur at Royal Queensland. It takes a great player to win the Australian Amateur at Royal Queensland. Um, <laughs> Jared Felton, Nick Flanagan, Jeff Ogilvie could do worse yeah. than pick up a European Absolutely. Tour Cut, even though he can play pretty much wherever he wants, but it would make his life a lot easier if he... So there's a bunch Hang of guys there... Does he, as a major winner, automatically have European I, Tour? I'm fairly certain he does, because I know Mike Weir played a couple of years um, on the European Tour because he's a, yeah, a, a I'm, major I'm not player. sure how that works. Can. Anyway, sorry. But for the young guy, I mean, Jared Felton, Hannah Green's boyfriend. Very much. Um, it would be a big deal for any of those kids to... If you're a fan of Australian golf, Hazy, this leaderboard to me is absolutely intriguing because these are the guys of the next 10 or 15 years for us. Uh, these are the guys that we've been watching for the last few years. A bunch of different types of games. Clates, you and I have spoken about Travis. Well, not to ignore the Frenchman who's two in front uh, and could easily go. He's a, he's a credentialed player. He almost got his card through the challenge to him. Missed by $1,300, finished in 16th spot or 1,300 years. Then went and got his card at Q School. So mm. he's resilient, obviously, after the disappointment came back. But for Australian fans...
Travis Smythe is building a really nice career, as we said yesterday. His trajectory is good. Yeah. He's an impressive young player. Matt Griffin, we know, has been a former winner here. He's a little bit older. Minwoo might be the most exciting. He might be one of the most exciting young players in the world to watch. He's the longest driver on the European, European tour. tour. So yeah. the, the rollback would do him good. <laughs> He'd pull him back 30 yards. He'd make his advantage that much better. Jake McLeod, we know, won the New South Wales Open uh, last year, the year before. He's a terrific young fellow, really nice young guy. So Jed got, Morgan is a, a wonderful kid. So Jake got his card back he at the did. tour scorer. That's right, yeah. yeah. So Jed Morgan... Uh, can't obviously win the big prize money on offer here at 13th Beach, but what he can do is uh, get two years of exemption on the on the European Tour despite his amateur status. So it's just going to tick over, and if he turns pro, he can take it up, and that's what a, what a bargain that is if he can uh, exercise that right. A two-year tour card, Clayt, is of infinitely greater value than any single purse, isn't it? You'd, oh, you'd, yeah. you'd swap the purse for one yeah, tournament yeah, for yeah. a two-year exemption yeah, every day. You'd absolutely swap the prize money for yeah, that. That's exactly right. So that's the real prize is the two-year exemption. So as Clates mentioned, Jeff Ogilvy, a pair of 67s to finish at 10 under the car, which is fantastic. And you can just see the start of a glint in his eye, I reckon. It's, and, he's, and he says to me up there at the press conference, Rod, that it doesn't mean anything to have that name, Jeff Ogilvy, here on a Sunday, I call bollocks not, not on to that. Him. <laughs> yeah, not, it means every, it, it means something to Jared Felton and sure. Jed Morgan and everything to stand alongside Jeff Ogilvie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, it just does. Yeah. So, I mean, if he can again shoot another nice round tomorrow and continue to be prominent, I reckon he's a real factor on Sunday. We know that you know Jeff well, Clates, and it struck me mm. today. We haven't talked about Jeff the golfer much for the last couple of years. He hasn't been particularly competitive, but he's speaking like Jeff the golfer. This He seems to be into it. He's really into the golf this week. He's playing well. We played here a couple of weeks ago. Well, last week. He's playing well. I mean, mm. Jeff's a really good player. He's unbelievable. Well, he just needs to, you know, he needs to... If Jeff was broke, mm. took all his money away from him, Jeff would play fine again. Because he would have to play fine to... Yeah. You'd need a trailer, but yeah. <laughs> he's so, done all right out of the game. But, yeah. yes, you're right. Yeah, he's reached a point where he's fairly comfortable and doesn't need the money. And But, you know, if he took his money away, he'd be out there. He, he would still play really well. I was intrigued to hear you say about yesterday, Hazy, when he told you there was that, that one swing on the 18th. He had to hit a four-on because he couldn't hit the three, and he hit it, and he, there, was something, there was something in that. that and, and those players, they only need one shot, one swing sometimes, and you just turn a whole year around. Yeah, so. correct. And some other great names here from... I don't want to say from yesteryear, but we already mentioned Blake Collier <laughs> at nine under. But Marcus Fraser, Ash Hall, Andrew Martin, um, you know, they're all, for various reasons, really keen to win. They're all, their home state opens. Uh, they're very keen, and it would mean a lot to all of those guys. Zach Murray, prominent again. He's uh, make, making habit of that down here at 13th Beach. There's a couple of uh, lesser-known European players, Benjamin Polk, uh, Lars van Meijhel from the Netherlands, Derek Ackerman from the United States, and Scott Arnold. Um, he seems to be more and more consistent these days every time he plays, so it's fantastic. Uh, I'm looking down the leaderboard, and we probably should do this on the women's as well, right, if you don't mind. Some of the There are some big names who have missed mm. the cut yeah. on both sides of the draw. I think probably highlighted here uh, on this occasion by... Hao Tong Lee mm. on the men's side, the highest-ranked player in the field. Uh, Andrew Dote is another one who I had sort of high hopes for. We, and former champion Simon Hawks. Uh, I watched Matt Jager today. He had a fantastic round going on. He went out in 29 on the creek course uh, and bogeyed the last three holes to shoot a 69 and missed the cut by one. Um, who else? Is, David Law, the defending champion's gone. Uh, other names of note. Wade Ormsby is one that 
despite shooting a 71 and a 70, so nothing disgraceful. He's uh, packing his bags for the weekend. Um, Brady Watt, former world number one amateur, um, looking down the board. Probably not too many other massive surprises. Maverick Ancliffe, you'd probably put in that category two over, and he won't be here. Rick Kulatz hasn't had much form of late. Dylan Perry's probably a disappointment after mm. his 77 in the first round. And uh, Dave Michaluzzi, I just don't think he arrived here in peak physical condition. He was he was tired. He yep. was flat out tired when he got here. Big year for him. He'll be disappointed with uh, 74, 76, but it's no 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 shame at all. But back quickly to the top of the leaderboard, one you missed in there. We don't need to roll back the ball, Clates. We're rolling back the leaderboard. Uh, we're going back to the early 2000s. Stephen Allen, 2002 yep. Australian Open yeah. champion. Nine under the cards, seven under today. I spoke to him afterwards. It would mean something very special to him mm. to get a European tour card. He's got virtually no status anywhere in the world. He's got a card here in Australia. That's He's got three kids. And I suggested to him, well, it's still better than selling insurance. And he told me, well, it depends how much insurance you're selling. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be... And he's a lovely guy, Steve. He's one of the real nice guys of Australian golf. And any on the uh, women's well, side? Well, plenty on the women's side, as you suggested. Uh, it, it, it's a pretty small sort of a cut, 60 players. Isn't it? Christy Kerr missed out. She's well-known. Stacey Lewis, probably not necessarily so much unexpected. She's uh, she's coming back. But the defending champion, Celine Boutier, I thought that was surprising. She's proved herself a solid week-in, week-out player mm -hmm. since we saw her win last year. She went Abby Nay on Choi, terrific player. The fairy tale came to an end for Laura Davies, which was a shame. Uh, after Catherine such a, and Catherine Kirk. Catherine Kirk, of course, amongst the Australians, which is disappointing for her. Hyra Naveed, who I pumped her tyres up yesterday, she didn't get through. Well done on shooting her chances down. Yeah, thank you very much. No, no problem, Hyra. You can uh, you can thank me later. Carrie Webb, she'll be. She, she probably has no reason to expect to make the cut, but she would have. And she'd be she'd be ropeable this afternoon that she didn't get through. Well, she's a champ. She to the weekend, that's exactly She had a 70 today, so, you know, a nice round, but yeah, left not, herself too much work terrible. to do. Sarah Jane Smith, the mummy thumb, caught up with her. Good story <laughs> about that the other day. Nice. She uh, she didn't make the weekend either. Our friend Felicity Johnson says, oh, unfortunately, yeah, loads of people have missed the cut, as you say, and lots of, uh, lots of the big names, but... So tomorrow we have a third round cut. We cut it to 35 players. Today was 60 and 60 pros and ties. Tomorrow we cut to 35, I think, 35 players. Nothing to do with pros tomorrow. Uh, so we have a far reduced field on Sunday. We've still got a massive field here tomorrow. But we do move across to the beach course. And Clates, I'm really glad that Blake Colley is playing well. But I am disappointed from the fact that you won't be part necessarily of... For Qatar Airways, Vic Open Radio. Um, we miss out on your Can't we mic him up? Can't we just mic him up? We'd have to we'd have to have a dump button, of course, but <laughs> it's gonna be caddying, but we could just mic him up for the whole round and tune in from time to time. That's a good idea. And we we, we are going to have Vic Open Radio for for Qatar Airways the next two days. Um, all afternoon basically both days. So the details, don't worry about them. Just get on. You can listen through the earpieces if you're at the course through the VicOpenGolf.com website. Uh, and on various methods through SEN, SEN Plus and on the app as well. Um, so we're going to be thrilled to do that, Rod. It's love going to be epic. I love the radio. I do. I, it's a special sort of medium, and yeah. golf lends itself to radio much better than most people think, like the cricket. It's a different sort of an experience, but I really enjoy it, and I'm, I'm glad we're doing it this week. It'll be fabulous. Thank you for your contribution thank again. You. No, thank you. Been a joy to be here. Clates, thank you. Thanks, I've mate. never had you speak so little in a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's been good. Well, we've only, well, we should have another half hour, then we can... 13,000 steps, there's nothing left in the tank, Hazy, and he's still no, got the weekend to go. He wouldn't blow out a candle. <laughs> he won't be going no. out to watch Sue early tomorrow morning before he caddies, I can bet you.
Oh, she'll you? be in the afternoon, won't she? Actually, she probably is. She will. She will. Time thirty-eight. So you, you don't need to. Well, maybe she'll be on there. Nah, she'll she... be halfway through. Yeah, halfway through. Yeah, you can do the back nine. Be good if she got it in the morning, like before the wind came up. Yeah, yeah Hannah Green's an interesting one. Well, we didn't mention her no. name, but she made the cut on the number, on the number. and I, I know that she's got uh, high hopes. She hit the hit the range and hit the practice green after just sneaking through yeah. today. So she's keen to get going. Not tomorrow. terrible, just rusty, I think. Yeah, just rusty, just, just rusty. Nothing else. Just not quite happening for her. So anyway, that's it. Episode one forty four. A gross, as Huggy told us last night, as we walk back. Or uh, a field. A golf field. A golf field. 144. <laughs> True. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back tomorrow evening to wrap up round three. Tune in to Qatar Airways VO Radio. And that's Mark Hayes, Rod Murray, and Mike Clayton wishing you all the best.